Hello and welcome to The Adventures of Superman from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Yes, it's Superman, strange visitor from another world who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. But before we join Superman, here is an important message. Fellas and girls, every day the city, state, and national offices of civilian defense organizations are sponsored letters from young people like yourselves. And most of these letters ask, what can I do, what part can I take in the national war effort? The writers of these letters are all too young to join the United States Armed Forces, too young to join any of the numerous home defense groups. And yet they ask, isn't there something we can do? Some of you listening now are no doubt among those who have written those letters. And I'll bet many of you who have not written have thought the same thing. Well, the answer is a very simple one, and here it is. You can do your part in civilian defense. You can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. How does that help you, ask? How can my dime or 20 or 40 or 50 cents help win this war? That's easy. For instance, your dime, just 10 cents, will buy five 45 caliber bullets that can be used by our soldiers, sailors, or Marines to knock five Japs or five Nazis out of commission. And believe me, it's going to take a lot of those bullets to knock them all out and win this war. Another thing, 50 cents, which represents five 10 cents, or two 25-cent war-saving stamps, will buy enough fuel oil to bring one of our destroyers a full mile closer to the Jap fleet in the Solomon Islands. And you know what happens when our Navy gets close enough to turn on the heat. And here's one more thing for you to think over. If every fella and girl in the United States bought at least five ten-cent war-saving stamps every day, the amount of money they would lend to the government would buy enough fighter planes and bombers to blast Hitler's Luftwaffe right out of the air. So remember that each and every dime is important. That buying war-saving stamps is a very important way to help win this war. So why not pledge today to buy war-saving stamps regularly? And keep in mind this slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. And now, the adventures of Superman. Superman is now trying to solve the mystery of the tiny men. The tiny men have on several occasions appeared in London where Kent and Lois Lane, girl reporter, are now working as foreign correspondents. No taller than an ordinary milk bottle or a 12-inch ruler, the tiny men are nevertheless deadly, for they've already caused the death of the daughter of Professor Giraud a scientist who possesses a secret formula desperately wanted by the Nazis. In our last episode, we heard how Jimmy and Lois, while visiting the Tower of London, were trapped by a Nazi agent in a condemned dungeon of the Bloody Tower. Superman, in the guise of Clark Kent, investigated the Tower that night but failed to find his friend. At the suggestion of the Chief Warder, he telephoned their hotel, thinking they might have returned. Professor Giraud answered the phone. In the midst of their conversation, the professor suddenly screamed in fear. The tiny men, he cried. They're here. They're after me. The phone went dead. Leaving the tower quickly, Superman stripped off the disguise of Clark Kent and went into action. 
We join him now as he streaks down out of the night sky and lands in front of the boarding house on Bayswater Road. There. That didn't take me long. Fortunately, the street's deserted at this hour. I'd better get inside and see what's happened to Professor Giroux. No time to change identities. Ah, there's the flat. Door wide open. Mm. Professor Giroux lying on the floor. Great, Scott. Mm. Professor. Professor Giroux. Is that you, Monsieur Kent? Is that... No. Who are you? Never mind that now. I'm here to help you. Tell me quickly what happened. I, I have the telephone ringing. Yes. I came in here to answer it. I know. It was a friend of mine, Clark Kent. He wanted to know... Yes, yes, but what happened here? While I, I talked to him, I had movement behind me. I turned... Yes, yes, go on. Uh, Try to go on, please. Tiny men. Three, four of them what? standing in the doorway. The sight of them so queer, so strange. I fainted. They have always filled me with horror. And I am an old man. What then? Uh, what happened after that? When I came to my senses, there were two men in the room. They called each other Muller and Dr. Wright. Oh? I have heard of Dr. Wright before. Cruel, vicious, shrewd. I... I talk too much. I have not much time. I must tell you. I must tell you. Yes, go on. They... They forced me, forced me to tell where I hid the formula. What? They are on their way now to get it. They must not. They must not. With that formula in that possession, the world, the entire world is doomed. Where is it? The formula, I, where is it? Tell me I, quickly. I, I hid it. I, I am so tired. Tell me, where is the formula? Tired. Sleep. Sleep. Oh. Well, you'll never tell me now. Funny, though, his talking about sleep at a time like this. A dying man in these circumstances doesn't talk about sleep. Is he trying to tell me something? And if he was, what? Sleep. Doesn't make sense. Wait a minute and let... Yes, by heaven, it does. Sleep, of course. It couldn't mean anything else but that. Oh, if only I'm in time. If only... Out the window. Now then, up! Up! And away! Faster than a speeding bullet, Superman wings his way across a silent, blacked-out London. Even as he does so, the warning wail of an air raid alert breaks the silence. And shortly after, the dull thudding of the Akak guns announced the arrival of enemy planes. And while the Luftwaffe tries to break through the defenses of London, as the RAF wings into the sky to do battle, a quiet scene is taking place outside the fairy tale exhibit at Madame Tussauds Waxworks. Yeah, come on up. Here's the entrance to the fairy tale exhibit. We shall soon have what we want, and then we'll, uh, then we shall really be masters of the world, eh? Well, is this formula, is it really so important? What exactly the formula is, I do not know. As to its importance, well, would I have been called to Dr. Scotton to confer with our beloved Führer if it were not important? The Führer himself told me that on that formula depended the possible winning or losing of the war. You, you think we shall be rewarded handsomely, eh? <laughs> We shall indeed. Now then, see if you can find a light switch. There should be one right here by the door. I saw it here. Uh, look. The exhibits themselves light up. Yeah. I see they have replaced the exhibit of the Black Knight following that stupid failure of our henchmen. There is the Gulliver exhibit. And over there is the one we are looking for. Sleeping Beauty. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. Herr Doctor, what is that figure standing over there? Hmm? Oh, the one in the red tape and the blue suit. Yes, with the letter S on his chest. Uh, probably some legendary hero of the English. I have never seen anything like him before, but come, the formula. Professor Giraud said he had placed it between the hands of the sleeping beauty. Between the hands, yes. And there are her hands clasped across her breast. Will they break if we separate them? What does it matter? Look, Muller, my own hands are trembling. I, who pride myself on my calm nerve, I tremble at the thought that in another moment the formula will be in our possession. Yes. I, too, am, am, am not myself. <laughs> There's a feeling of, of tension in the air. Feeling this. Yes, quiet. I am now about to separate the hands of this wax figure. Now. <gasps> Doctor, we have been tricked. The formula's not here. But Professor Giraud said... He lied. He tricked us. He did not lie, Dr. Weiss. What? Who said that? I did, Dr. Weiss. But to leave her. Doctor, look. The wax figure. The man in the red cape is coming toward us. You're right, Miller. Wrong again. I'm no wax figure. I'm flesh and blood, as you two gentlemen will find out in a moment or two. I have a gun, whoever you are. And you know how to shoot it. You people always use the same line. Yeah. Well, if we must go through this dreary business again, let's get it over with quickly. Point your gun at me and shoot. You have the formula. Hand it over. I have the formula, but I'm not handing it over. Finders keepers, you know. Then I'm afraid I must kill you, Come my friend. Come here, Dr. White. <coughs> you Nazi spokes that you're supermen. Let's That's see what you can do against a real superman. My throat. Take your hands off my throat. Muller! I'm getting out of here! Oh, no, you're not. He flies! He flies for air! The greatest of ease. Sorry to do this, Muller. I'm afraid it'll hurt you more than it will me. Not so fast, fight. What have you or your men done with Miss Lane and Jimmy Olsen? I know nothing whatever about... That was just a love tap, Doctor. I want you to remain conscious until you tell me where they are. I tell you, I know nothing whatever. Come on now, before I lose my temper. I I know nothing about them. I I swear that you hear... I, I... where is... Fight, let's get one thing straight. No. Something happened to Jimmy and Miss Lane in the Tower of London today. I'm as sure of that as I've ever been of anything. You can save us both a great deal of trouble by telling me where they are. I haven't really started working on your fight, no. and I don't want to. No. But I will if you force me to. Now then, are you going to talk, or aren't you? Even as Superman tries to force Dr. Vibe to reveal the whereabouts of Lois Lane and Jimmy... The girl reporter and the Daily Planet's copy boy lie imprisoned in the dark cellar of the bloody tower. Far in the distance, they can hear the dull reverberations of German bombs falling on London. Jim, did you hear that? Yeah, kind of close. Jimmy, I don't like this. You remember what that so-called guard said about the cellar being closed off to visitors because it was unsafe? Yeah. Well, the bombing London has been subjected to must have done a great deal to weaken the supporting arches and beams down here. That rumbling we heard. I think it was one of the arches beginning to give way. Sleeping mackerel. In that case, I wouldn't be surprised if this room collapsed on us. Nor I. Well, it'd be a quicker death than starvation. Oh, gosh, don't talk about it. My stomach feels as empty as the inside of a bass drum. Miss Lane... You think Mr. Kent will find us, maybe, huh? Well, he'll investigate, of course. He knows we came to the tower this afternoon. But I don't think they'll ever think of looking down here. No, Jimmy, I guess you and I might just as well. Jim, hey. Something hit me on the head. I heard like old Harry, too. Wait a minute, my hand just touched it. What is it? It's a piece of rock. Gee, that means the ceiling above oh, us. Maybe not, Miss Lane. Maybe Oh, why fool ourselves, Jim. This room is over 500 years old. They built them strong in those days, but not that strong. 
And that ceiling up there is beginning to give way at last. If another bomb or two falls anywhere near the Tower of London, our goose will be done to a turn. Uh-oh, speak of the devil. Sounds like one of those German planes just dropped a stack of bombs right on the tower itself. Listen to him. Still exploding. Jimmy, listen. That must... Oh! Oh, on the head. Me too. We've been mackerel. They're falling all around. Jimmy, we've got to get out of here. If we go... Oh, we can't. Listen, that ceiling's giving way. It'll collapse any minute now. What can we do, Jimmy? What can we do? There's nothing Jimmy or Lois can do. But there's plenty Superman could do if only he arrives in time. Everything depends on how long it takes him to force the confession from Dr. Byte. In our next episode, we'll know what happened. We'll also hear the solution to the strange mystery of the tiny men. Have you figured out the answer to the tiny men yet? Who are these strange little creatures no bigger than a milk bottle? Well, if you want the answer, be sure to listen in Monday, same time, same station. Tune in and follow the adventures of Superman. Well, there goes Superman until Monday of next week. Meanwhile, don't let the weekend go by without buying your share of war-saving stamps. And remember what I told you at the beginning of this program, you fellows and girls who are too young to join the armed forces or any of the national defense organizations. You can do your part. You can help win this war by buying war-saving stamps regularly. So talk it over tonight with Mother and Dad. Ask them to give you a dime every day or even every other day for war-saving stamps. And then buy some extra stamps out of your regular weekly allowance. Get all your friends to buy stamps regularly, too. Or better yet, why not organize a war-saving stamp club right on your block or in your neighborhood? Make this your club slogan. Every time you've got a dime, buy a war-saving stamp. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leave tall buildings at a single bound. Look! Up in the sky! It's a bird! It's a plane! It's Superman! Follow the adventures of Superman every day, Monday through Friday, same time, same station. Superman is written and directed by George Lothar and is a copyrighted feature appearing in Action Comics magazine. This is the Mutual Broadcasting System.